0: It's Tuesday, September 6th, 2022, the 594th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. In order to do that, you must be a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode. Plus, you'll get all the writing right when I release it. That is the best way to support me, to support the work I do and this show as it expands. And if you don't want to, Or you don't feel that you can right now, it is available two days later for free everywhere else. I hope you all had a nice holiday weekend and maybe got an extra day to kick back and eat some food, see some friends, just take the day and do nothing, whatever it is. I hope you had a great one. On Saturday, I released my interview with the writer and thinker Burning Bright and A lot of people really responded well to that interview. So I'm glad you liked it. Now, in that interview, at one point, I was talking to him about an idea that has come to me recently, a week or so ago. I was thinking about that M. Night Shyamalan movie from, I think, 2004 called The Village. Now, spoiler alert. Okay, the movie's 18 years old, so I don't feel bad about spoilers. But if you haven't seen The Village and you're like, oh, man, I need to see that. Go ahead and pause this and then go see it because it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. He's the guy that always has the tricky ending, like in The Sixth Sense and Signs and every other movie he's ever made. Always a tricky ending. And The Village was no different. So in the village, it opens up on this, you guessed it, village from a period that looks like it's, you know, probably in the 1700s or 1800s in the United States. These are people leading a very simple life, living in houses that look like they were built by hand by the villagers coming together to build a house. They have traditional dress. They seem to observe traditional sorts of ceremony and community government. It's what you would think of as an early American village. They even speak in a very traditional way. And the biggest problem they have is that if you go out into the woods, there are monsters. And so you're never supposed to go out into those woods, and you're certainly never supposed to go through those woods and ever find out what's beyond them, because what's beyond the woods is the unknowable. It's very scary. The monsters are never going to let you get there. And naturally, everyone in the village is extremely scared of the monsters. The young boys prove how brave they are by standing on the edge of the woods at night until they just can't take it anymore they start just getting the sense of the monsters and they run away in horror. It's an act of bravery to even think about the possibility of coming across a monster. That's how dangerous these monsters are. And all of a sudden, small woodland creatures turn up, missing their skin, just lying around the village and everybody's certain that it's monsters. And the main guy in the village, his last name is Walker, and he has two daughters. One of them is blind, and she falls in love with Joaquin Phoenix's very unassuming but very strong-hearted character. And then naturally, Adrian Brody gets very jealous of Joaquin Phoenix, and he stabs him. And of course, they don't have modern medicine in this village. The only way they might be able to retrieve this modern medicine is by sending someone out beyond the walls of the village to get this new medicine. And so they choose the blind girl to go through and apparently face the monsters. And that makes total sense because she is probably the only person who wouldn't realize what's happening. And as she makes her journey through the forest successfully. She finally reaches the edge and she gets outside of the walls of the village and she can't see it. Naturally, she's blind, but you can see it. This is the Walker Nature Preserve and a car pulls up and takes her to a little forest ranger station where she is given first aid supplies and various medicines So she can go back to the village and save Joaquin Phoenix. And you find out that the people running this village are people who decided collectively to leave the real world and set up their own little alternate reality within the village walls and form a society that is more in line with their own values and what they think about the world. And the way they preserve that society is essentially by lying to all the future generations about what their society really is. All the adults, all the people in power know that they have created what is essentially a false reality within those village walls, and they protect that false reality by creating these monsters that will keep anyone in the village away from ever knowing the truth. They will never go through the forest and over the walls and see that there is an entirely modern reality just outside the walls of that village. And I don't know anything about M. Night Shyamalan's political views, but it's an interesting statement nonetheless on how our reality in a really profound way is shaped entirely by the information that we have access to. And if we are prevented from accessing full information, then all of that information that we are denied has no power to actually shape our reality, at least not in a direct sense. It really is that easy to create a false reality. And you can see that that is what we have happening in the real world right now. Through the propaganda and censorship regime, the media and the most powerful people and institutions in the world have created an entirely false reality that exists and coexists with the real empirical observable reality. And the people within the false reality are prevented in important ways from ever really crossing over into that other reality. Their entire culture, the culture that they take part in, is constructed to the best of their ability to ensure that no one really ever ventures outside. They might get information about what's beyond the walls. But they're not allowed to go look. They're disincentivized from looking. They're punished for looking. And so they don't look. And when information from reality gets inside the walls of the village, they'll reject it. Because it doesn't make sense in the false reality. They don't think it even makes sense in any potential reality because they have the experience of operating in the same reality that everyone else is operating in. And they don't know what they don't know. They assume that they are fully informed within the false reality. And of course, they're not. You will get this from your liberal friends and people that voted for Joe Biden and people who still think that Trump is just not the right guy. They want Ron DeSantis because they think that he's not going to upset the people in the middle the way Trump will and that somehow if we just cater to those people again, everything's going to work out okay. We'll get people with an R next to their name back into office and then everything will be okay. And I'm not saying anything bad about Ron DeSantis. I always want to make this clear. Ron DeSantis might be the best governor in the United States of America until Kerry Lake becomes governor at least, but he's not Donald Trump. And so you'll come across people that at best know the full story of the false reality and Truthfully, most of them don't even know most of that story, but they know nothing about the empirical observable reality that is happening all around us because their lives don't intersect with it. They get their information from some aggregator, whether it's Yahoo Mail that shows them headlines or Their Apple news notifications that pop up throughout the day, they go on Instagram and Twitter, they search for information on Google, and they know that these platforms are curated to grab their attention. The algorithm will prepare a news feed exactly for them. They know other information is censored, but they still think that they can understand their way beyond that just by getting enough of the false reality. And by the way, I used to be there. I speak for myself too in saying this. I used to think alternative media sources were unreliable and that the traditional legacy sources were capable of showing enough of both sides that you could figure out what the truth is. It's got to be somewhere among this contained space, right? The truth has to be somewhere in the village. And of course, that relies on the assumption that the people doing that work, that journalism in the traditional legacy outlets, that they're all doing their jobs with integrity and they're being honest about their motivations. They are on a mission for truth. They want to inform the American people. They want to speak truth to power. And if they were really doing that, then maybe we'd have different results. But they're not. It's like the people in the village. They knew the truth. They already could have informed everyone in the village about what the truth is, but they are looked at as leaders and they have decided that what's best for everyone is to preserve that lie because otherwise people wouldn't want to live in their community, I guess, which is a very strange way to approach the people you are supposed to be leading. One would think that if they had the confidence in their ideas actually being better, they could allow people the free choice about whether or not they wanted to remain in that society. And many people would choose it. I mean, we're talking about a country where we still have Amish people. They're choosing a different path. They don't want to participate in mainstream American modernity. And from our perspective, that might seem really weird and backward and maybe not like the sort of life you might enjoy, but I imagine that many of them have wonderful lives, avoiding all of the conveniences and the technology and all the things we have all been conditioned to think are necessities in our everyday life. And you can notice this by how readily so many Biden voters will say, listen, I know I don't pay as much attention to all of this stuff as you, but it doesn't mean I'm ignorant about all of it. I do follow this stuff pretty regularly and they're being honest, right? They're not allowed outside the walls of the village. These are the villagers, but they're not lying. They're confused. They don't understand that there is an entire other story, an entire other reality that they have no access to, and they're doing it by choice. And it's pretty sad because there's no way that they would actually come to the conclusions they're reaching if they had all the information. We all have people like this in our lives where we say, hey, I know you're a good person. I know you want to be a good person, but how are you continuing to support the most evil things happening in our world? And while doing that, how can you continue to hold on to the view that you're a good person and the people who disagree with you are bad people? That just doesn't make sense. And the thing is, they're not actually learning about any of the issues. They're just regularly following a storyline. They are taking in news about the society they're part of in the way that Someone might spend the day at home watching soap operas. They don't really know what's happening and none of it really makes sense. But the storylines keep continuing until somebody has amnesia or someone is hit by a car and replaced with a different actor that looks pretty much the same. But they have this very real idea that they are fully in touch with everything that's going on because they get little tiny pieces of it every day. And all of those little tiny pieces are there to enforce and reinforce all the things that they already believed. And when you follow something over the course of three or four or five years or whatever it is, and you keep seeing notifications that lead you to the same set of beliefs over and over and over again, you will think that all those initial beliefs are continually being supported by whatever is actually happening in the world. So there's no reason to question any of those beliefs because they are continually reconfirmed by those little news notifications that they get. And that's what they mean when they say, oh, I don't pay all that much attention to this, but I'm still pretty informed. Well, no, you're not. You're 0% informed. It's still 0%, okay? It doesn't matter how well you know the fictional stories. The vague sense that you have followed a consistent storyline for days or weeks or months or years is not the same at all as actually being able to talk about the details of those stories and what they mean. And that's what we come across all the time. People have not processed factual news. They haven't dug into it to extract meaning. And there's no real meaning you can extract from false information. And at that point, once you're not able to extract meaning, you're certainly not able to do the moral thinking required to know whether or not the decisions you're making are correct. In the village, the children are raised To know that there are monsters in the woods. If you go into the woods, you could be attacked by a monster. So, attempting to go through the woods is too dangerous. They don't tell you, hey, there are all these truths outside that we want you to avoid. They're just telling you it's too dangerous to even think about going there. But the leaders of the village themselves are the monsters, they have the costumes. They put these costumes on to scare everyone into compliance. And so somebody winds up dead. That's the monsters. There are these small woodland creatures skinned and just strewn around the village. That's the monsters. The noise from the woods. That's the monsters. And there are all of these little pieces of information that keep popping up over time to reinforce the belief that there really are monsters there and that they're going to kill you if you try to go through the woods. And that's what we have now. People who believe they know everything about the monsters in the woods, but don't even understand the most important concept about the monsters in the woods. And that's that there aren't any. It's the people leading them, creating the monsters. Those people themselves are the monsters. But revealing that truth would end society as they know it. It would end their grand project for this little utopia they've tried to create. But their little utopia cannot survive without those big lies. The monsters are a big lie. And I bring this up because I want to talk about the difference between the public events we've seen in the last week from Joe Biden and the ones from Donald Trump and also the cleanup operation within the illegitimate administration trying to reshape what's actually happening so that it makes sense to people. Joe Biden went out the other night, as I discussed on Friday, and he gave his grand speech with his Nazi red background, about how well over 50 percent of the American public are domestic terrorists and threats to democracy. They're extreme MAGA Republicans. And it seems pretty clearly to be some sort of prelude to a further crackdown on dissident political speech, maybe a prelude for some false flag events, anything That might make it more likely for people to actually believe that there is this Democrat momentum heading into the midterms and that somehow this election steal that they are absolutely trying to pull off will be legitimate. It'll all make sense. Of course, people went out and voted for Democrats. Look at how dangerous and violent and angry and racist the other side is. That's definitely part of what they're trying to do. And within the false reality, that makes sense. If all you do is follow the news on your phone notifications or some news aggregator that you're signed into online or Instagram or Facebook, you get all the information from only the people you follow, the people you're following for a reason. And even once you're following those people, the algorithm curates a special feed just for you, just to get you thinking the right things. Then what you've seen over the last seven years is Trump coming down the escalator and saying they're not sending their best. And ooh, that's racist against brown people. And then Joe Biden is still out there repeating the Charlottesville lie about Donald Trump saying very, fine people on both sides and referring to neo-Nazis and white supremacists as very fine people, that just did not happen. Donald Trump said specifically that he was not talking about those people. He was talking about people who didn't want to see a statue removed because of the latest woke craze of destroying our history, no matter whether that history is good or bad. You need to know history. That is a pretty fair point that you can support pretty well. And so then Donald Trump hates brown people and he loves neo-Nazis and white supremacists. And, oh, there's a Muslim ban. He hates Muslims. Oh, he's trying to stop illegal immigration. That means he hates brown people again. He said China virus. That means he hates Asians. They tried to create an Asian American hate movement, like that there were attacks being launched on Asian Americans by white Trump voters. That never happened. But if you're only following at a very surface level, then what you see is these little narrative pieces. You don't actually look into any of them. You don't find out whether or not they're true. And so what you get over the course of years is a continually reinforced narrative for all of the villagers, that Donald Trump is racist and so is everyone that follows him. And of course, that makes absolutely no sense to anyone who is actually observing anything about the real world. And the villagers are constantly subjected to all of these narratives. Let's continue to focus on the Trump is racist narrative, but they do this about literally everything. Russian collusion, COVID, January 6th, they continue to publish stories that repeat all of the same false premises and reinforce those. And then they add on one little new thing so that the villagers say, oh, wow, the monsters are even scarier than I thought. And then you add on to that. With the visual imagery of that speech and Joe Biden shaking his fists and yelling, if you only get 20 seconds of that and it's the 20 seconds that the media chooses to show, look how powerful Joe Biden is on this issue. Look at how focused he is on what the real problem of America happens to be right now. It's the one we've been telling you about for seven years, the monsters. They are even more dangerous than you thought. And I know you already think that these people are Nazis and white supremacists and Klan members, even though all of those things are representative of collectivist ideologies and supported by the Democrat Party. But remember, the villagers have no access to thoughts like that. We're talking about people who hold on to the existence of those monsters as one of the most important and formative beliefs of their life. Everything is based around those monsters. Now, if the village was a braver society, you would think that at some point the men might take up arms and try to rid the forest of the monsters that were threatening their lives, in such an extreme and extraordinary way, but apparently they didn't, which once again makes a lot of sense when you consider the men who voted for Joe Biden, but the monsters are the whole thing. And you can imagine that as the village expands and they create universities, there will probably be entire departments Devoted to researching the monsters and trying to consider what needs the monsters might have and what might make the monsters leave us alone. Maybe how we could live in peace and harmony with the monsters. It'll just be Monsters 101. And then later on, maybe you'll study critical monster theory. And because college professors now are among the most ignorant and delusional people on Earth, You can imagine that in the village, if the powerful people wanted to collect all of the village's resources to accomplish some project that might make their lives better, they would turn to the village university and have the critical monster theory professors come up with justifications for their series of projects and how it might help them defeat the monster problem once and for all. Of course, the monster problem never goes away because the monster problem is the only thing that keeps the people believing such utter nonsense. So Joe Biden tried to reinforce all of the narrative that undergirds the hate movement that is very real and happening in our country right now. With his ridiculous imagery and the use of the Marine band and the two Marines standing guard at the door of Independence Hall in the background. And he wanted to create a big moment for the villagers that reinforces all of the story before. Everybody who's thinking about actually crossing through the woods. Now the monsters are bigger and more real than they ever were. Just a little more incentive to keep them from ever venturing beyond. But that plan began immediately backfiring. This is Joe Biden the very next day. This is Friday afternoon.
3: Mr. President, consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country. Y'all, everyone, come on. Come on, look, guys. Listen, you keep trying to make that case. I don't consider any Trump supporters to be a threat to the country. I do think anyone who calls for the use of violence to condemn violence when it's used, refuses to acknowledge when an election has been won, insists upon changing the way in which the rules you votes. That is a threat to democracy. Democracy. And everything we stand for... Everything we stand for rests on the platform of democracy. When people voted for Donald Trump and support him now, they weren't voting for attacking the capital. They weren't voting for overruling an election. They were voting for a philosophy he put forward. So I am not talking about anything other than it is inappropriate, and it's not only happening here, but other parts of the world where there's a failure, recognize and condemn violence whenever it's used for political purposes, failure to condemn the the attempt to manipulate electoral outcomes, failure to acknowledge
0: when elections were won or lost. So apologies for the sound. That's the best we've got. Joe Biden completely reversed what he said to the country the night before. He said it wasn't MAGA supporters. He wasn't condemning MAGA supporters. He was only condemning people who either support political violence or fail to condemn political violence. And the truth is, there are virtually no MAGA supporters anywhere who support political violence or have failed to condemn political violence. But that does describe every single person who voted for Joe Biden. We saw the entire summer of 2020. Beset with political violence. Political violence that was supported by the television media, the social media companies, all corporations, the major sports leagues, the entertainment industry. I take responsibility. The universities, the banks, even the medical community came out and made a statement that systemic racism was a bigger threat to public health than the coronavirus, so it was okay that people were out there rioting. Politicians from the Democrat Communist Party put George Soros district attorneys in place to let criminal rioters out of prison. They changed bail laws. Ooh, bail reform, they called it. That sounds like progress. Except it lets criminals back out onto the streets over and over and over again so they can go riot. They emptied prisons because of covid and then found that those felons who had just been released from prison were taking part in the Black Lives Matter Antifa domestic terrorism incidents around the country. Joe Biden supported that. Kamala Harris supported that. Kamala Harris said they wouldn't stop before November and they wouldn't stop after November. What did she mean there? Well, the transition integrity project suggested that there might be street demonstrations if Trump tried to remain in office. Molly Ball in Time magazine did a 5000 word piece on the cabal who was going to ensure Joe Biden's win, street demonstrations were part of that. We know what that's code for. That is code for organized rioting on behalf of BLM and Antifa. Thank goodness we haven't seen much of that since the summer of 2020. And there are probably good reasons for why we haven't, none of which have to do with Democrats' attempts to create more street violence. Last year, we were told we were going to have another summer of love. I mean, summer of activism. So they have supported political violence. They have suggested political violence. They've encouraged political violence. And then they have tried to reduce any accountability for that political violence, including by the people who commit it, to almost zero. So to a normal person, that evaporates immediately. But to the villagers, they think that the right, does all the political violence. They think that the Klan is a Republican organization. Makes no sense. But then again, we're talking about an effective switcheroo and these people don't know anything. So they've been told for a very long time that Republicans are racist. The red states are down in the deep south where they know the racism exists. And so it just must all be the same thing. Republicans are racist. Now we're just getting more of it. And of course we are. And then they have... These organizations that are straight up invented by the federal government, obviously at this point, there are informants within all these organizations, the Oath Keepers and what was the uh, three percenters and of course the Proud Boys. And now we have Patriot Front who staged more of their little masked marches in, I believe, Indiana this weekend. And I called that. I said it on Wednesday or Thursday last week. Biden's giving this speech. I guarantee within the next week we see the Patriot front and it happened on Saturday. But remember how they reacted after the debate between Trump and Biden that Chris Wallace moderated, where Wallace and Biden tried to get Trump to say to the Proud Boys that they need to stand down or stand back. And Trump said, stand back and stand by. They gave him like six different things to say. And he just said, stand back and stand by. And they were like, Oh, Donald Trump has control of the proud boys. He told them to stand by. They're like his private military. That's going to come attack us. Look, all those monsters are becoming more real. And that to them was the right encouraging political violence. That's all they needed. They defended political violence for four or five straight months. And all they needed to blame it on the other side was Donald Trump saying, Hey, fine to the proud boys, stand back and stand by because they actually believe that the proud boys are some MAGA organization that has influence on what the rest of the country thinks and says and does. Where have the proud boys been? Now, I don't spend a lot of my time looking into the proud boys because it's simply not worth it. Their leader, Enrique Tario, was connected to the FBI, probably as an informant. And he was picked up the day before the very violent insurrection. Why was that? And why haven't we heard much else about it? Interesting questions. But probably for another time, they have this generalized sense that political violence must be coming from the right because they themselves aren't violent and they believe that they don't support violence even after having directly supported political violence. But the narrative goes on over time. The villagers are told once again that the monsters are very dangerous. Joe Biden comes out and has Monster Fest 22. And then two days later, you have the Patriot Front hoax group marching down some city street recording themselves in their little costumes with their masks on and their fake flags and their little shields as if they're some sort of militant little army. And all of the villagers just assume that the same story is continuing and it's actually getting worse, except they can't actually point to any political violence from the right. You would have to focus only on January 6th and not know any of the actual story on January 6th. Karine Jean-Pierre was at the White House today repeating the lie that MAGA Republicans were responsible for deaths at the Capitol on January 6th. That is 100 percent false. No one died at the hands of MAGA Republicans at the Capitol on January 6th, 2021. Not Brian Sicknick, not any of the other Capitol Police officers. Brian Sicknick died of what is being called a stroke a day later in the hospital. He was not attacked and bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. He was not sickened from bear spray. He died at the hospital with what's being called a stroke. Other Capitol police officers died in the next few months from what's being called suicide. But Trump supporters died at the Capitol on January 6th at the hands of the Capitol police. and No one seems to care about that. The deaths that day were all on one side, the MAGA side. The violence was primarily instigated by people who went there to instigate violence and not Trump supporters, although some Trump supporters did get involved in the violence. I'm not denying that any of them fought with police officers. That seems to be what happened. But the idea that a massive mob swarmed the Capitol in an attempt to take over the government and stage an insurrection is preposterous. And so you can't point to that as some amazing example of right-wing political violence. It just isn't that. And they go back to the summer of 2020 and they talk about counter protesters fighting with what they believe are peaceful protesters, the Black Lives Matter Antifa people. And so all of that summer of violence waged by Black Lives Matter Antifa with the support of the Democrat Communist Party and powerful institutions in our culture and in the world, and the encouragement of ongoing riots, the help with getting people out of prison, all of that was on the Democrat side. All of that is called peaceful protest. So anyone who fought with those violent rioters is considered someone acting out right wing political violence. And Joe Biden says we can't support that in the false reality to the villagers, all of this still supports the idea that the political violence in America is being waged by Trump supporters. Because, of course, they're being told it's the monsters again, always again and again and again over an extended timeline. Oh, look, the monsters are bad again. Oh, look, the monsters are bad again. Oh, look, the monsters are bad again. Well, then I guess the monsters have always been bad. We can assume that the monsters always will be bad. And every story that involves the monsters involves them being bad. And yet the villagers can't see through it. Joe Biden also said the real dangers are the people who support the big lie, the people who question the outcomes of our democratic elections. The people who try to change the rules and the laws of those elections. Those are the extremists. Those are the very bad people. Now, the Democrat Communist Party did change the laws of the elections in the lead up to the 2020 election, and they have been consistently changing the laws and the structure of elections over decades, always in one direction, leaving the elections more open and more prone to fraud and manipulation. But they always say that they're doing it in the best interests of expanding the franchise so that minority voters will have their opportunity to vote so that the monster can't go out and get them. And because they're doing all of these things to battle the monsters, well, then all of these things are OK. They only become a problem when the monsters are doing them. And so Biden can go out there and say that he's only talking about people who deny elections. And to the villagers, again, this reinforces the narrative about the monsters. Because they're not allowed to retrieve any of the information outside the village. And when information from outside the village ventures inside the walls, here's what happens. Okay. Oh, Peter, go ahead. Thanks, Green a follow-up about the mega republican attention so if we're all in agreement that it is incorrect
2: to say the 2020 election was stolen what about the 2016 election look I'm not going to go back to where we were or what happened in 2016. We're going to focus on the here and now. We're going to focus on what's happening today, uh, this inflection point that the president pointed out uh, very clearly, very decisively uh, in, in a few speeches about what the country needs to do at this time to bring the country together, and he believes that's where majority of Americans are when it comes to protecting our democracy, when it p- comes to protecting our rights, and when it comes to protecting our freedoms. That's what we're gonna talk about, that's what we're gonna focus on, on where we are at today.
3: But Just in trying to understand the new attention on the MAGA Republicans, you tweeted
2: in 2016, oh, I knew this Trump stole an oh. election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, here we go. <laughs> you tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election
0: results yeah. is extreme now, yeah, why? So
2: let's made? let's be really clear. That that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have How been. I have ridiculous. been. Well, you're asking me. You're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it was Wait, ridiculous. I was. I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. And here's the thing, I have said, Governor Kemp won the election in Georgia. I've been clear about that. Uh, I have said, President Trump won the election of 2016, and I've been clear about that. What we are talking about right now is, Let's not forget what happened on January 6, 2021, when we saw an insurrection, a mob that was incited by the person who uh, occupied this campus, this facility at that time. And it was an attack on our democracy. Let's not forget, people died that day. Law enforcement were attacked that day. That was the danger that we were seeing at the time. That's what the president has called out, and that's what he's going to continue to call out. So yes, when you have MAGA Republicans, a extreme part of Republicans who, for, who just deny or do not want to uh, uh, really say what exactly happened on that day or say it was a protest when it clearly was not a peaceful protest. That's not what we saw on that day. Yes, the president is going to call that out. And here's the thing. Majority of Americans agree with him. Majority of Americans agree with this president on protecting our democracy, protecting our freedom and protecting our rights. That's what we're talking about today. And that's what the president's going to focus on. All right, we're going to have...
0: So Corinne Jean-Pierre believes that it is ridiculous to compare her tweets in 2016 and 2018 about Republicans stealing elections with Republicans claiming that Democrats stole elections. In one case, it's extreme. In the other case, she's protecting people's voting rights. Now, she can't explain how that's true, but You can assume that she's going along with the Stacey Abrams explanation and Stacey Abrams explanation is that if she can't complete election fraud in every single way she wants to, that's voter suppression and it's denying black people the right to vote. That's basically the argument. Does it make any sense? Of course not. But it doesn't matter because that story reaffirms everything the villagers already believe they know about what the monsters are doing. And she shifts immediately to a false story about January 6th, used to prop up the idea that the monsters are attacking democracy. That response was totally rambling and incoherent, and she was taking most of it from her notes, They prepare these talking points in advance and they just run through their slogans over and over and over again in response to totally normal questions. It also is very interesting that she said Donald Trump occupied that campus at that time. That is certainly a strange word to have chosen, and we'll see where that goes. But Joe Biden has kept up this whole MAGA Republican thing throughout the weekend in a few different public appearances. He basically hijacked a union rally in Milwaukee yesterday. It wasn't a Joe Biden event. Joe Biden just appeared and spoke. There were no Biden signs being held by the people behind him. And there were a few hundred people there. There was probably the biggest crowd Joe Biden has spoken in front of in maybe years Although it's not like it was packed to the gills or anything. At one point, there was a heckler who got up and started shouting out at Joe Biden and Joe Biden did the same thing he did last week, which was to say, no, 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 no. Just let him, let him speak. We believe in free speech in this country as the guy's being dragged out of the event. And then Joe Biden immediately turns it into calling the guy an idiot. Oh yeah. Idiots are still going to say the things they say. And that's the thing about these MAGA Republicans. Well, he's not talking about Republican leadership right there. He's talking about a citizen who is expressing a certain set of beliefs. There was a heckler at his little high school gym event last week, and someone in the podcast chat on Telegram actually said they got to speak to that heckler in person and confirmed that this person really did go there and really did heckle that event. It's not a plant or anything. And I accept that. That's just fine. But the heckler yesterday does not seem to be real at all. There was an article in the Daily Mail after the event, and they have pictures of this supposed heckler. And it's a guy who looks like he's about 30 or 35 years old, but his hair is totally whitened. His eyebrows are totally whitened. I'm not even sure it's a real face. The guy does not look human. And I'm not saying he's not human. He just doesn't have a natural human look to him. And if you haven't seen the pictures, you can certainly find them. I have posted about it on Truth Social and in the info stream on Telegram. I promise you, if you look at this picture, you will be like, "Okay, something is seriously wrong here. But how do you interpret that if you're a villager? Villagers could see that picture and you might say to them, hey, doesn't it look like that's not a real person? And they'd say, what do you mean? Say that doesn't look like a normal human face. That doesn't look like a face that any normal person has. There's something clearly wrong with this. Please explain to me what you think it is. And they will tell themselves there's absolutely no way it could be anything other than just a real normal MAGA Republican heckling Joe Biden. And they'll say that despite how strange it looks, it must still be assumed to be real. This is the story we're being told. This has to be what it is. I heard him heckle. I heard Joe respond. Therefore, the entire event is real. And this glaring detail about the event that might tip you off to it not being real is completely ignored because ideas like that come from outside the walls of the village. But move beyond that. How is it that twice in the span of one week, Hecklers got into Joe Biden events. Joe Biden doesn't have very big events. Secret Service should be able to check people out enough to know who's inside a Joe Biden event. Joe Biden had bulletproof glass around the podium when he spoke on Thursday night in Monster Fest 22. And that's very strange. Why did Joe Biden have bulletproof glass? Well, the implication is that someone might want to take out Joe Biden. And so you put the bulletproof glass up. Now, were there actual intelligence warnings about that? We haven't heard anything about that. It's extraordinarily unlikely because that's not what people on our side want to do at all. Maybe there are dark corners of the Internet I'm not privy to. That is totally possible. But after seeing event after event that has all the markings of a false flag again and again and again and again problems with every single shooter story, most recently and most especially the FBI shooter a couple of weeks ago who attacked a building with a nail gun and then the story disappeared four hours later. There doesn't seem to be any actual threat of political violence on the right, though they are generating a narrative for that. And so we've got bulletproof glass at his big speech. And twice in one week, we've had hecklers enter Joe Biden events or events where Joe Biden was speaking. And we're supposed to find all of this normal while they are saying they believe that MAGA Republicans will be committing acts of political violence in the lead up to these midterm elections. Well, if that is true, why aren't they doing a better job of protecting the fake president? If MAGA Republicans are actually that violent and the events are so easy to penetrate and Joe Biden needs bulletproof glass when speaking in front of Marines at Independence Hall, shouldn't they be completely locked down on these events to make sure that no one is working their way into these events without a complete background check by the Secret Service? That just seems to be the bare minimum for security. So what is it they're setting up? And why can't they handle this problem when there's only ever a few hundred people At any event where Joe Biden is speaking, Joe Biden left that Milwaukee event and went to do a Pennsylvania event yesterday, same afternoon, and like 35 people showed up. Not a joke. Not a joke, man. Thirty five people. Where is all the support for Joe Biden? Where are these majorities that they keep talking about that Karine Jean-Pierre was talking about? The majority of Americans agree with us about this and this and this. According to what? It's just something they say. And it's something that all communist regimes say. It's kind of their thing. You steal an election. You put illegitimate leaders in power. Those illegitimate leaders carry out whatever agenda they want on the basis that they were elected To carry out that agenda. And then no matter how the people react, they're going to steal another election. So they simply tell the public how much the public likes what they're doing, how much public support they have. They steal the election. The public believes that somebody must support them because they just won another election and they implement their agenda again. This is the program. This is what they're doing. They don't actually need a majority to be able to pull this off. All they need is for the villagers to believe that the monster is real because then the whole village will just accept that everyone else in the village believes the monsters are real and no one's going to stand up and say, hey, guys, has anyone ever thought that maybe the monsters aren't real or that maybe we actually might be able to confront this monster problem and fix it once and for all rather than just existing in this constant state of threat. But they can't question the monsters because to question the monsters would be to question their own leaders who they trust, who they're continually told are looking out for their own best interests. Each and every villager might have serious doubts about the existence of monsters or, or about how their leadership is convincing them they must act so that the monster threat doesn't come for them. But everybody else is scared of the monsters. And so everyone's doubts kind of just fade into the background. Everyone collectively agrees that the monsters exist even though they're not sure and they think that, "Eh, I don't know, this monster thing seems a little overblown. All it would take to eliminate the monster problem forever is for everyone in the group to simply walk through the forest, reach the wall, climb over it, and realize there's an entirely different world outside. And you would have to think that If the village was around for any extended period of time, people might happen upon this idea and they might go outside the village walls. And as soon as they did, they'd be like, oh, yeah, guys, they're not just lying to us about the monsters. They're lying to us about absolutely everything. Do you know there's hot pockets out here? Do you know that out here we can watch reruns of Wheel of Fortune? There's a whole other world out there. And as soon as you witness it, you realize, oh, wait, everything inside those walls is wrong. It's all based on a lie. And what is the purpose of that lie? The purpose of that lie is to make it so I don't have all of the information I need to choose my own life for myself, to choose my own way forward. All the choices I can make are the ones that the leaders already want me to make. Because what do the leaders want? The leaders want their own version of utopia to be the utopia for everyone. They're not content to live their lives the way they want. And let their children live their lives the way they want. Or their neighbors, their friends, their friends' families. Everyone has to live in the one way or else the utopia falls apart. It's not good enough for them to choose their own path. They have to choose everyone else's path, too. That's why they need all the power. That's why they make all the threats. And then you have Donald Trump showing up in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, which is right next to Scranton. They're basically sister cities in Pennsylvania, and you know old Scranton Joe is from Scranton. Scranton Joe gets 200, 250 people not even filling a high school gym to watch him mumble about random nonsense. It's some group of Uh, police officers or a police union or something to listen to Joe Biden talk about how he's going to take everyone's guns away. That's what Joe Biden does in his fake hometown. And then Donald Trump gets to Wilkes-Barre four days later and fills up a hockey arena with 10,000 or 15,000 people. And he stands there for two hours in front of this packed building gives a rousing speech that is viewed online by hundreds of thousands of people. It is clipped down. It is sent out all over the place so people can hear what Donald Trump is saying, talking about each and every major issue, talking about the elections, talking about free speech for American citizens. You know, things that actually matter to people rather than Donald Trump getting up there and telling his supporters, how awful Joe Biden's supporters are. Donald Trump and the MAGA movement are focused solely on people in positions of power and people lying to the American public. People who use their power as business owners to force people into the medical experiment. People who use their power as public school teachers to teach your children about some deranged version of sexual identity or race. People who use their power to defy Americans' most basic rights, including and especially the First Amendment. Donald Trump is focused on that. MAGA is focused on that. We wouldn't actually have to focus on Biden voters at all if it weren't for the censorship and the propaganda. If we got rid of those, if we were in an open information environment, many of those people would not be making the decisions that they are still making. That would allow them to leave the village. They would see the real world for the first time and they would be like, oh, wait a second. It's kind of better out here. And also, I'm pretty mad that all of these leader type people have been lying to me about everything for so long turns out I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life because of those lies. I have not had the opportunity to live the life that I want, one with meaning, one where I can find my own forms of success and happiness because I've been trapped for so long inside these village walls. And that is the nightmare for the leaders. Once the people know what is outside those walls, it's all over. And in the meantime, they keep convincing these people no matter what, that the monsters are real. People are discovering that life inside the village walls is not everything it's cracked up to be. And they're starting to wonder if maybe that walk through the woods might be worth it. Let's go see what else is out there because things in here are getting terrible. And the leaders know that, which is why the only solution they have available to them is more monsters. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,